Hi, and welcome to the Yeoman's Quills, Navy Administration for and Aft. I am YN1 Jones, and I am your host. Today, we are going to continue our broad overview series with records management. Records management is a big part of any administrative job, and it should eventually become second nature to you if it's not already. Manuals that you'll need to be successful with this program include the SSIC manual or the Standard Subject Identification Code manual, and that is the SECNAVM 5210.2, the Department of the Navy Records Management Program manual, that's the SECNAVM 5210.1, the Information Security manual and the Personnel Security manual, which are SECNAVM 5510.30 and 36. And lastly, the SORN, or the Standard Organization and Regulations of the Navy, which is OPNAV INST 3120.32. There are no electronic systems that you need in order to be successful with this program. However, you will need access to your command's share drive, as many files are now stored electronically. So before we get too into it, the first thing we need to do is define a couple of things. The first is SSIC, or Standard Subject Identification Codes. These are four or five digit codes that refer to topics assigned in the SSIC manual mentioned earlier. Each digit represents one of 13 general topics and is subdivided into primary, secondary, and tertiary subsections within that general topic as indicated by the numbers following the general indicator. So, I know that sounds really confusing, but if I have a 1220 SSIC code, I know that that refers to, it's more than likely a designation letter for an enlisted person. How do I know that? The first number, one, indicates that it is the general code for military personnel. The two is designations. The second two refers to enlisted, and the zero means there's no further subdivision. But if you look in the SSIC manual, you'll see specifically each of those codes laid out with what their topics are uh, just kind of right there. It's very easy to read, very easy to get into. If you've never seen it before, I highly recommend you do. It is how all instructions are labeled as well as all correspondence. If you've always seen those four or five digit codes and you never knew what they were for, now you know. They are topic codes that refer back to the SSIC manual that administrative and senior leaders can take a look at something and automatically know what that is about. So records, let's define records. Uh, According to Title 44 of US Code Chapter 33, It defines records as all documentary material and transaction of public business and preserved by that agency as evidence of organization, function, policies, decisions, procedures, operations, or other activities of government. The SORN defines records as written materials, documents, publications, charts, messages, etc. addressed to or sent from the command. Basically, records are any letters signed by the captain that serve record or documentary purposes, including anything that goes on command letterhead, instructions, notices, memorandums, legal proceedings, PODs, evals, awards, and daily muster reports, which are required by U.S. Code 0808. Non-records, or things that don't qualify as records, include any material that serves no documentary or record purpose. This includes things like rough drafts, change of command invitations, temporary maneuvering boards. None of those really count as records. 
The only exception here is handwritten notes of a classified nature, which may be labeled as working papers. And they are properly labeled with classification markings, and they're either filed appropriately or destroyed, usually destroyed. Now that we know what records are and how they are labeled by SSIC topic codes, let's discuss how to file them, where to file them, how long to file them for, and when to destroy them. Files can be maintained either electronically as scanned versions of completed and signed documents, and they can also be maintained as paper copies. It is my recommendation that you keep files as a combination of both electronic and hard copy. This is because electronic files can sometimes be fleeting, we will say, meaning that computer systems go down, and at some point, at some commands, they go down indefinitely. Uh, and if you lose your files, you're just kind of out of luck. There's nothing you can do from there if you don't have any paper files to go off of. I prefer myself to keep personnel files and pay records electronic. It is easier to track down and lock, and because there can be a lot of pay and personnel files in comparison to all the other records that you keep, it just makes the most sense for space efficiency purposes to keep pay and personnel files in a locked folder on your, generally on the admin share drive. I like to keep paper copies of all command instructions, notices, memorandums, official correspondence, Basically anything with letterhead. Plus, I also like to keep paper copies of evaluations and fit reps and also awards. They're just all good things to have on paper. It's partially because they're already on paper. And uh, once you get them, you don't tend to have to create electronic copies of them. You just kind of keep them paper. Whereas with pay and personnel documents, you tend to have to have them in electronic form in order for processing them through TOPS or something like that. So it just kind of makes sense. Keep the paper paper, keep the electronic electronically. Uh, but space doesn't, of course, always allow for you to do that for especially some you submariners, especially if you're on a Virginia class, y'all are hurting for space. Or Los Angeles class, some of you guys have to share a space with, you know, uh, racks of computer equipment. So uh, it just may not be reasonable for you to keep paper or hard copies at all. So electronic is the way to go. So how should you organize your files? Personnel files should be kept separate from all other correspondence because of the amassing of personally identifiable information or PII, like social security numbers, credit card information, DODID numbers, and sensitive family or career data. Additionally, personnel files are best kept filed by the person's name and then usually grouped if needed by department. I usually group pay files in with personnel files, but there are some exceptions that require correspondence like um, SDAP or special duty assignment pay letters for nuclear personnel. Uh, usually I'll keep those on paper because those come on letterhead, uh, but for most personnel files, and PIA files, you should keep those completely separate from all your other correspondence. Just imagine, you know, if it was your stuff, would you want all of your personal information mixed in with just like general designation letters and stuff like that? No, of course not. So we keep our personnel and pay files separate. On the other hand, all correspondence files should be grouped by record type and then by SSIC topic number 
So directives, instructions, and notices will be kept separate from general correspondence. And it's the same with temporary standing orders, which I keep in a, a tickler file, which is something that you uh, make sure that you look into either every day or every week or every month, and it's regularly maintained. So I keep my temporary standing orders in a tickler file. Um, generally, each directive tends to get its own file, but general correspondence is further separated by either serialized or non-serialized. Serialized files should be kept in order of serialization, while non-serialized files are kept in SSIC order and then date. So just to go a little bit more into what a serialized file is, some documents are more important than other documents, especially documents that leave the command as opposed to stay internal to the command. Generally, admin keeps something like an Excel spreadsheet that has a series of numbers on it, and one of those numbers is assigned, in addition to the SSIC number, to serialize that document and say, we know where this document is, we know where it went, we know when it got sent, and all those other things. Those keep separate from non-serialized files because of their importance, and then you file them by their serial number, not their SSIC code. Uh, whereas non-serialized files, of course, you're keeping with SSIC order and then the date. SSIC files um, should usually have a separate folder for each of the 13 general category codes. And if you have a lot of one subcategory, you might break it down from there. So if you've got a lot of your 1,000 files, but you also have just a lot of 1,200 even though 1200 is a subordinate to 1000, you might have a 1000 and a separate 1200 file uh, because of how much you have for both of those. For evaluations, uh, evaluations should be grouped by pay grade and then by year. Obviously, it's the same for fit reps. And awards should be filed by award type and then also by time that the award was awarded. So that's a lot of information that I've just kind of thrown at you. So let's just go over a quick review. Directives are filed by SSIC number. Non-serialized correspondence are filed by SSIC and then by date. Serialized files by serial number. Evaluations and fit reps by pay grade and time. And awards by award type and the time awarded. Now let's talk about classified files. Classified files should all be serialized. All classified documents are required to be serialized in accordance with the Information Security Manual, and that's the SecNav M5510.30. And they should also be kept separate from all other files, obviously in a secure location in accordance with security protocols. Let's get into some of those security protocols, by the way. Basically, it's this. Secure your PII from anyone who's not authorized access. Again, PII is sensitive data that has to do with a person's life and their general, you know, personally identifiable information, but it could be about their family, their credit card, their social security numbers. You have to keep this secured from everybody who is not the commanding officer or the executive officer. I don't care if you're their chief. I don't care if you're their department head. You do not have a right to know that sailor's personal information. You just don't have a right to it. 
So when you keep this stuff secured, you're keeping it from everybody. It doesn't matter if they have a top secret clearance. It doesn't matter. It is the administration's job to protect people's privacy at, uh, as a primary goal. This means that PII files should be maintained under some locking mechanism and that only people who need to access it to process specifically the sailor's administrative stuff should have access to it. Nobody else. Nobody else. Uh, and just to bring up something from, from my own personal history here, I used to work as a psychotherapist before I joined the Navy, and I can tell you that the industry standard, even for civilians, is to keep documents under two locks or locking mechanisms at all time. So personal information is a really big deal, especially when we talk about admin. You having a top secret clearance or some kind of belief that you have some kind of... Uh, uh, special need to know for somebody's personal information is not a good reason for anybody to have access to that information. So it has to be protected. For inspection purposes, obviously you want to make sure that your, all your security pr protocols are in place, but the rule of thumb is that it should only take about approximately two or three minutes to find a document with some exceptions. So, like, if I am an, uh, an auditor or an inspector who's coming to do an inspection on your admin department for, like, a Crave or a MIC or a FIR or a FAG audit, something like that, then I should be able to observe that you've got all the security protocols in place. And then if I say, all right, I want you to get me this file, it, at the most, should only take you two or three minutes in order to get that file, any more than that, and you need to work on the organization of your filing system, realistically. It, two or three minutes is a long time to look for a file. You should be able to know where it's at, how to access it, and kind of immediately know exactly where, in general, it is in the office. So two or three minutes at the most. So let's talk about how long to file documents and when to destroy them. Uh, records retention standards uh, in general are in the records management manual and, uh, and, and also the component manuals that we discussed at the beginning of this section. For instructions, you should keep them indefinitely until officially canceled or superseded. Notices are okay to destroy after they expire or are, or are canceled or superseded, and it's the same with memorandums. Remember, notices are just temporary documents that exist until an event has occurred or something is fixed um, or until you can add the information to an official instruction. So, and while memorandums are not temporary, they're less formal. So with both of those, as soon as they're canceled or superseded, then you can just destroy them. General correspondence, both serialized and non-serialized, should be kept for a minimum of two years. Personnel files should be kept as long as a sailor is aboard the ship, and pay files must be kept for six years and three months. All pay files must be kept for six years and three months. That is a weird number, I know, but it is... Uh, it is imperative that you keep documents on board for that long for audit and inspection purposes. Awards should also be kept on board for at least two years. Fitness reports must be kept by the reporting senior for five years in a reporting senior binder 
usually maintained by the actual reporting senior or the flag rider. So generally, admin doesn't worry too much. I mean, admin will generally keep a copy of all fitness reports, but um, we would only keep those for two years, whereas the reporting senior has to maintain those for five years in a reporting senior binder. Evals and chief evals must be held also for at least two years, unless the reporting senior is like a very senior officer, because then sometimes their very senior officer will keep those in the reporting senior binder as well, but that's more of a preference thing. I prefer to keep awards and evaluations both for five years. Sailors often lose their paperwork, and sometimes that paperwork doesn't make it to the sailor's record. So it is a good idea to hold on to it a little longer. There have been lots of occasions. Every admin office throughout the entire Navy has had a thing that's happened where a sailor calls saying, hey, I used to be there before, and I'm looking for this service record document. I can't find it, uh, and it's not in my record. It's a really good feeling to be able to provide that to a sailor because you have kept those records longer than you needed to. But that's only if your space uh, actually allows you to be able to do that. All right, so that's about it. There's a lot more information regarding what to do for classified materials and what to do with records at a decommissioning ceremony and other stuff like that. But for a broad over overview, that's really about all we're going to get into today. I hope you learned something, and if not, stick around. Maybe you'll learn something next time, or just poke around and find what you need. Until then, take it easy, and remember, in administration, technically correct is the best kind of correct.